Welcome to the fight with Teddy Atlas presented by Dynamic Striking. I'm Ken Rideout, joined as always by Boxing Hall of Famer Teddy Atlas and today's very special guest, the Hawaiian surfing legend, Max Blessed Holloway. What's up, Max? Hi, boss. How you doing? Good, man. Thanks for being with us. Appreciate your time. Nah, thanks for having me. really means a lot. You guys are some legends, especially Teddy. Thank you. Uh, it's good to have you, Max. Thank you for being on. Uh, very honored to have you on our show, not only for what you do in the ring, but the way you conduct yourself as a champion outside the ring. Thank you. I think that's part of your talent. I think that's part of all the special fighters' talent is their character, not not only their physical abilities and talents and the traits that they have, but their their character to take them to places that some people can't get to and to overcome things that in this business, you're always going to have to overcome something, no matter how good you are. You're, you're always going to have to depend on more than physical ability. Uh, you're going to have to depend on that that character, that belief in yourself, that mental strength. And you showed the whole package. What can I say? Uh, in your last fight against Kada, you were tremendous. I, I tell you, I, I applaud you. Um, you... I always, I always say on ESPN, and my mentor Customato used to drill this into my head, um, where when, when you have two tough guys, and in boxing that's a prerequisite, in your business it's a prerequisite, you're supposed to be tough. But when you have two tough guys and one is smarter, one is more developed, one is technically better, he becomes tougher. Like the scales go from even to this. Because he doesn't have to depend only on that asset, mm -hmm. only on that ability of being tough and overcoming something. And that was you. That was you against uh, against Kata, where you, you showed all the things that... I thought I was watching a professional boxer. Um, you know, yeah, I really did. I mean, you were, you were striking in a way that you should strike in a smart way, in a complete way. But I thought I was watching a professional boxer. I mean, your jab, your leg movement, uh, you went to the body early on. It, 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 you invested in the body early on. Uh, you kept them off balance. It looked like you had a plan, but he didn't. He, he looked like a guy that just figured because he's a good punch, he's going to set his feet, and sooner or later he's going to land something. And obviously... That that did not come to be uh, fruitful for him, but just I just tell me about the plan going in because I had seen you as a volume puncher, uh, but I had never seen this complete package that I saw. I actually made a comparison to the great Mexican fighter Antonio Marco Antonio Barrera. He was a great fighter, really a great fighter. And he was a champion, and then he lost two fights, and he made a transition from being a walk-in slugger, guy who was very busy, to a complete boxer. And that's what I saw in you. Can you talk about that? Did you? Was there a transition that has taken place with you recently? Because you were going into this fight having lost three of your last four. And that's got to put a little pressure on you mentally, obviously. So oh, can, yeah. you, can you talk about that? Yes, Teddy. It's exactly what you said, you know. 
it's a growing sport. You know what I mean? Even boxing, you need to, you need to grow in your sport. Or if you start fighting one dimensional, you, you're going to, you're going to run into some people again and they, and it's going to be a very tough night for you. So you just got to keep, keep uh, growing with the sports. So that's what we did. You know, we sat back, we saw what we can do. We saw what we can change. I put a little bit more, uh, a little bit more muscle for this fight. Um, like you said, uh, put water, uh, water in the basement. I hit him <laughs> a little bit. I know, I know, I know that man, I know that man had power, you know, you take, take away that power. You put water in that basement. So that's what we did early on was hitting him with stuff. And I just wanted to be, everybody always knew me as a volume puncher for sure, but I wanted to be a little bit different. I wanted to add a little bit more power shots into there. I wanted to, I add a little bit more, uh, full mixed martial arts to my game too, with the elbows and stuff and the knees. But I just, Everybody always just be like, yeah, you're a volume puncher. You're not a smart guy and this and that. Like, I wanted to show off my IQ. Like, I, I know what I'm doing. You know, I'm not here by chance. I'm not here by accident. I know what I do. I watch some some of the greats. I mean, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of my boxing game that I like to put it off of is uh, is actually Loma. You know, the way he hits, he moves, boom, boom, boom. He gets to his place, and then he cracks you. You know, it's touch, touch, touch. Move here. He's off angle. You can't hit him, and then you hit him hard. So. That's exactly what it is, you know. People, like you said, I, I lost three of my last four. You got to change something, you know. Something ain't right. Something ain't working. We went back to the drawing board, and uh, you, you guys got to see the final masterpiece. Yeah, it was brilliant. I'll say it again. It was brilliant. It, it really, it was brilliant. And and um, and I'm glad to hear that I knew what the heck I was thinking was correct because <laughs> I saw a guy that changed. What more can I say? I saw a guy that made a transition, uh, that changed, that that added the elements, the dimensions that you needed to add to your game. And it all showed. I also, what you talked about, uh, I love that you're saying what I always talk about, putting water in the basement. Um, appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, you know, that I always would say that's like putting a CD in the bank. It's like making an investment in a bank. You put the money away early, and then later on you get interest. It yeah. it it builds. And was that part of you? I, I, I'm sure it was, but tell the people out there if that was part of your plan to make sure that he couldn't come on late because it, it seemed by what you did to him early in the body paid off late where he didn't have as much in the gas tank down the stretch. Oh, for sure. You know, I I I, I always love going to the body. I love working to the body. You see, most of my fights, I, I like going to the body. You know, there's, I mean, you know how it is, Teddy. There's no better for you. You've been in there. You've been you've been in the corner with, with some of the greats in there and watching them. And I'm sure you heard this and you felt this for yourself. There's no greater feeling in there when you put, you're, you're doing the work, you, you put in the work, you're hitting the body, you're going low, you're coming back up high. And then it comes a point where, that your opponent or a guy just looks at you and you just give him that nod. You're like, nah, I ain't going away. And and he's like, Oh man, he's trying to figure out what the hell is they're doing. And he's like, I don't know, man. You, you, it's a powerful feeling. It's a powerful yeah, feeling. It's a very powerful feeling. That's, and that's the feeling you get when you start putting this stuff away. You know, like a lot of these guys are going there. It's like, like you said, you know, um, some guys power punches, they go in there and they're like, I'm just going to land this and land that. And then, when you take it away and then later on in the rounds, when they try to go back to that, it's it's just, you just see the man's soul leave his body. So You know what Custom Auto used to say? It's funny you're saying that. Uh, you just, 
you're, you're just putting validation on. Cuz would say to me that when you get to that level, mentally, technically, physically, when you, where you're calm in the ring, and that's part of it too, being calm in an uncalm environment where you can do all these things, where you can execute all these things, where you can see all these things. And that was you. And Cuz would say when you get to that state, when you get to that level, now, this is going to sound funny to the layman out there, to the, to the people out there that haven't done this, but it becomes fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. That's what he said. Like, people try to tell me, explain. I, I was just talking to some people, and they were telling me, explain how you felt in there. Like, explain how you felt that night. I, I just felt on. You know, there's nights where no one, you could put me against anybody. No, I'm not going to walk out there a loser. I'm going to come out there a winner, you know? And uh, and that was one of the nights. Everything was just turning. It was like, I was trying to explain the feeling. I was like, you know, when you got that, you know, like I love cupcakes. And you know, when you just get that perfect cupcake, you take the, you take that bite and it's just explosions in your mind and everything kind of stops for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And you're just enjoying and just living that moment. It's like, it's like the cupcake dancing on your taste buds. That's what I was that night. You know, what I, mean? I was that guy that, doing my that's dad. A unique way of explaining it. That's I. That's a first. That, 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 that's a first. The only difference with me is I'd have to have five of them. That's the problem. <laughs> I I wanted to dance on my taste buds five times instead of just one. Hey guys, want to take a quick pause to thank today's sponsor, Manscaped. Manscaped is not only the electrical electric trimmer of the UFC and presenting sponsor of this podcast, but they also sponsor multiple UFC stars, including today's very special guest, Max Holloway. Uh, I love this product. It's rechargeable. It's waterproof. It travels nicely. They've got a special offer for our listeners, the Performance Package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle, which includes the new edition of the Weed Whacker Aaron Nose Hair Clippers. These things are waterproof. They have a 9,000 RPM motorized 360 dual blade. It also includes their premier lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. The ceramic blade and skin safe technology are designed to reduce nicks and tugs. You'll also get the Crop Preserver deodorant for below the belt. It's anti-chafing and moisturizing. For a limited time, subscribers get not one but two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, a $39 value add, and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped Boxers. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code ATLAS or simply go to manscaped.com ATLAS. That's A-T-L-A-S. Also, be sure, be sure to check out their new refined cologne the stuff is awesome great light citrus scent with a woodsy finish uh, again 20 percent off and free shipping by go to manscape.com slash atlas yeah i was gonna say um you know obviously you're a big uh a fan of boxing and one of the things that teddy and i talk about a lot and and in particular yesterday we did a breakdown on adrian broner and that he's he he's got to be like the luckiest guy in the world he gets a lot of gifts he gets a lot of perfect opponents when i look at your record over the last let's say 10 fights like do you ever feel like jesus dana can you give me someone that on paper i should just run over i mean you got two against the champion one split decision loss a unanimous decision you got a decision over frankie edgar a, a, a decision loss to dustin Poirier, brian ortega two against jose aldo anthony pettis i mean you're fighting a basically a murderer's row in your weight class you there isn't a fight on there for going back several years that i look at and say like oh that's a mismatch max is gonna kill him every single one of these i'm like that's a tough fight for both parties like, talk to me about that feeling of, like, when you get the call. You must now get the call from Dana and be like, oh, what killer does he want me to fight now? 
<laughs> I mean, it's not very, very it, it brings a smile to my face, you know. Um, um, these, these are what legacies is made of, you know. That this is how legacy be when, when all the money is gone, all the fame is gone, and no one remembers my name and this and that. They will remember the legacy I leave behind in the sport. You know what I mean? And and when I'm long gone from this world, and they look down that murderous road, they'll be like, "Damn, this guy, this kid wasn't playing around." And that's the guy mm-hmm. I want to. You know, I never ever wanted to be that guy that I want the I want the easiest fight. You know what I mean? I always said, if you guys think this guy can beat me, then I want to fight. Even with this Cater fight, you know, a lot of people was uh, was was counting me out. They're saying like, "Oh, Cater's gonna do this to you. Cater's gonna do that to you." I'm like, "Okay, we're about to find out." Then you know, I I. I that's the thing that intrigues me. That's the thing that gets me going. You know, just being like, just I love, I love being the underdog. I've been the underdog my whole life, so you know why change now? That one was a little bittersweet because Calvin Cater is a Boston guy and he trains yeah. a little bit with Mickey Wood, so I was like, yeah. oh, that's a tough one. I like both of these guys, and man, yeah. that was a masterful, masterful performance. I was, I mean, to be candid, I was shocked at how bad you put it on him on the with the hands. I really thought that it was going to be much, much closer if it just stayed on the feet. So, congratulations, awesome performance. Yeah, you know, you were you were to use an analogy to another sport. Max, you were that great pitcher that changed speeds, hit the corners, you know, went up and down in the strike zone, kept the batter off balance, and just took the bat out of his hands. I mean, that's what you did. That, yep. that's, that's what you did. Another way you could say it is that you were the bomb squad, that you went in there and you disarmed the bomb. Uh, you pulled the wires out. You pulled the green wire out. You pulled the the red wire out, and um, you you left them with nothing to detonate. And that again, I know I'm repeating myself, but that's what boxing's all about: hitting and not getting hit. The sweet science, and you really did. You really brought it to your sport. Uh, how did it feel? On top of all that, how did it feel to headline the first ever UFC event on ABC Network? Oh man. Oh man. It felt crazy. I'm like, I mean, I like my name is etched in, in the, in history with some of the greatest boxes ever, you know? And like, and no one's ever going to take that away from me. You can never, ever take that away from me. Now. My name is uh, among greats of Muhammad Ali and stuff. And like, it was, it was more crazy. Cause after the fight, there was like there was like pictures of they had Muhammad fighting uh, 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 fighting someone and uh, and he's doing his famous slip and I'm doing the slip against Cater and then there was one that I was underneath a punch and 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 he was trying and he was underneath a punch so it was just it was just for it, man it was just history it was just history I was great like like I said like I've been telling everybody like I know I know guys who headline pay per view events want wanted to be in my spot they wanted the main event in ABC that's how big it is that's how huge it is you in you on a number you you on regular national TV now. Like people just flipping the channel to see this. So it was uh it was amazing to be a part of it. It, it was history. Yeah, it was unbelievable. We're um it, it seemed uh, apropos that they picked you because they know when they get an interview with you, you're a class act and you're gonna you you're gonna deliver an ABC type performance. You're not gonna get in there and say something crazy like uh, Derek Lewis, who I love, <laughs> but you don't want Derek Lewis doing an interview on uh, ABC. 
man of the wild man. I tell you, I'm taking like, his shorts off. And uh, uh, one other thing I wanted to mention is I loved, I loved the fight with Dustin Poirier. Dustin's a friend of the show. We've had him on here a few times, and I loved the um, gesture after the fight of um, donating your fight gear to his Good Fight Foundation. Oh. That was one that was, uh, you know, you see two guys watching, and you're like, you don't want to see the guy lose. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, talk to me about the relationship with Dustin and the potential for a matchup again with him down the road. Um, it was it was crazy, you know uh, that that fight. It was a fun fight, man. I I, I love that fight. That fight, uh, that that fight was I think it's one of the great fights of the UFC. I think you know it went went back and forth. It was uh, fireworks, and Dustin did his thing. But uh, even with the whole gift, uh, giving his stuff to the charity, donate to charity, that man does. So much great stuff, you know. He does. He's gonna be doing a lot more. He's gonna be doing a lot more great stuff outside of the octagon than in. And that's somebody I respect. You know what I mean? Like he's using his power to be greater outside of the octagon and help lives and help with his charity. And like the man always got something up his sleeve, and he always doing something great. And um, I got nothing but love for him, you know. And it, with his with his performance, his last performance, he looked great, a man. He looked like. Like tier A, bro, the best of the best, and, and he did what he did. He went out there, had his fun, and uh, and we see what happens. You know, I can't wait. You know, I, I heard uh, I heard he had a few things to say when I said I was the best boxer in the UFC. So <laughs> we see what happens. You know, I, I I'm always open. You know, there, there's always the question. You know, there's a bunch of guys in the UFC. They always wonder of when when I'm gonna commit to 55. You know, when I fought Dustin that second time, it was like a Two two months notice, seven weeks, something around there, and then two months after that fight, I went back down to forty five, and then yeah. I, I fought um, Edgar. So at the end of the day, it's just it's just commitment, you know. They, they, a lot of people want to see me commit to that weight, and uh, and we see what happens. You know, we go from there from then. I should tell you, since you touched on it a little bit there, Max, that when we had Dustin on our show. We asked him, well, actually the fans asked. The, the fans sent in some questions to us, so we, we put out the questions that the fans wanted. And the, we asked him from the fans, who's a better boxer, you or McGregor? And McGregor, of course, is known as a great striker, um, a legendary striker. But we said, who's better? And he thought for about two seconds, and he said, Max Holloway. <laughs> he's he's he he's the whole package um you know mcgregor's a might be a better puncher for one shot at a time um but uh, i don't think anybody would probably argue with that but there's a lot more to it than that dimension and and listen mcgregor controls range he's a southpaw um he is a tremendous striker but you as i felt the same but as he said poirier said you are the more complete package. You are the better complete boxer. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I heard a little bit of you talking about it too, you know, and I was glad that you talked about it, Teddy, and when they answered that question. It was that whole question about it takes a lot more than just power to be a great boxer, you know? A lot of people get confused in that. They, a, lot, a lot of people think, no, oh, this guy is more, he can punch harder. Of course, he's a better boxer because he got one knockout punch power, but it, it goes deeper than that, right? It goes deeper, it goes to, smarter setups you know what i mean who can who can who can be here who can be that well what, what's your traps uh power versus endurance you know even with endurance you said it you know and and that's the question you know it's like power versus endurance you know it, you you ask someone what what they would choose you know what you what would your superpower be would you rather choose endurance or power so it's, it's, it's just a question for for a lot of people to just sink in and uh really think about yeah it's just like when 
well, exactly. It's just like when you see a guy, um, when you see a guy, a smaller guy beat a bigger guy. And it just happened on ESPN over the weekend where you had, you had to fight with Valdez and Burchell. Yeah. Burchell is a bigger guy. He's a four to one favorite too, by the way. And a lot of it, a lot of, to your point, a lot of the reason why he was such a big favorite was people thought the size was going to matter, the strength, the power. He was the better puncher. But at the end of the day, Valdez, Valdez was the better fighter. He yeah. was the smarter fighter. He was the faster fighter. So where's the advantage, really, when you're talking about a stronger guy, a bigger guy, What's the advantage that he's big and stronger, or that the other guy's smarter and faster? <laughs> yeah. I say, I say, the advantage is that uh, if if you have those qualities, if you have those abilities, if you you know if you've developed yourself in those areas, and um, there's always a way to even the playing field. That's the oh. great thing about this sport yeah. and your sport. There's always a way to even the playing field. Uh, you don't have to be born with the greatest genetics. You don't have to be born, you know, with, with all the power and all the speed and all the size and all the muscles. You can make yourself whatever you want to make yourself. And you have, uh, you have made yourself a complete fighter, a complete person, mentally strong, character, everything. And the thing I'll finish with this and then just let you talk on it is that you mentioned before about Poirier, who's a tremendous human being and who's got character to go with his talent, with his ability. Well, you have, as I said at the beginning of the show, look in the mirror. <laughs> you have the same thing. That's what I see when I see you. Thank you, Teddy. Yeah, that, that means a lot. You know, that's, uh, that's one of the main goals uh, with fighting. Fighting is just, you know, the UFC and everything and all this is just, it's just a way for me to reach out to a greater audience to help people, you know, like who am I to, uh, to have all this, all these things and not give back. You know, I know how it is. I know I, I didn't have the best uh, childhood growing up. You know, I, I was lucky enough where I always had a roof over my head. I had electricity. I had hot water. I had meal. I always had clothes, but uh, you know, I, I saw what drugs did to families. I, uh, you know, drugs attacked my, my family personally, you know, with, with my dad and my mom, I grew up without my dad, to be honest. I had my grandma and grandpa. Thank the Lord for them. They they took care of me from a very young age, you know, and then my aunties and uncles too. So it's it's just about giving back, you know, and you want to leave this world better than when you got into it. That's 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 the way I look at at stuff, you know. You I always want to give back and always want to give give hope to people. I'm from a small uh, town on the west side of Oahu. It's called Waianae, Hawaii, and. Uh, not many people are supposed to come from there and do great things, you know, and I want to be that change and let people know to be like from anywhere, any small town you're from or anywhere it is, you know, like, why not you? Why not you? You know what I mean? Why not? Why, why not you be the change? Why can't you be the person? You know what I mean? Instead of being like, I can't do this because of this, this and this, why can't you do it? Like start, start, start questioning yourself, you know, just because someone is telling you that you cannot achieve this goal they only believe in that because they was told and they listen, they listen. You don't have to be that person. You know, I tell them anytime someone told me, Oh, Oh, uh, you can't do that. You can't do this. You blah, 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 this and that. I turned around and looked them in the eye and said, watch me and watch me. That's it. You know, go to work, work hard. And, uh, good things happen to good people. You know, good things happen to good people. Just keep going on there. Do your due diligence, do your part. 
and 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 great things are going to start turning around. You know, you just described two things, and I hope these fans hear it for the way that you just said it. Really, um, whether you're an aspiring fighter or whether you're just a person that you know wants to be better in your life and you enjoy watching combat sports, you two things. One, the biggest adversary, the biggest danger, the biggest opponent, and the most dangerous opponent that we all have in life, in the octagon, in the squared circle, wherever it is, is excuses. That's, that's, that's the greatest threat to all of us in life. Mm-hmm. Excuses are worse than left hooks. They're even worse than flying knees. <laughs> They're even yeah. worse than spinning backhands. They're even worse than elbows. <laughs> excuses! <laughs> And nobody could have said it better than what you just said, Max, that you have to see them for what they are, for mm-hmm. enemies, yeah. for excuses, mm-hmm. and not accept them. And yeah. that's why you are where you are. And the other thing I want to say, I said two things. You couldn't have gave a better definition. Webster's Dictionary could not do a better job than you just did of describing what a champion is. You're a champion. <laughs> Thank you, Teddy. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. A lot, a lot of people is just when you when you say excuses and stuff, it's just it's just crazy to me. You know, it's like uh, if you really wanted that bad, you'd do it. You know, I I I I come from a place where a lot of people they uh, they do something great in the sport for a school, and then that's just it. That's what they think life is. Then they go off and they get a job. Uh, they get a they work a they work a job. They get together with their friends on Friday night and they sit around and they talk about the great things they did in, in, in high school, you know, and uh, their, their, their mom and dad did it, their grandpas and grandpas did it and so on and so on. And so this is just, there's, this is just a thing that just keeps going on with generation and generation. That's all you're accustomed to, you know, and, um, you know, it, I guess so it's like being like your, your hood, your hood famous, you know, and I always, whenever I went back and I told the kids, I was like, guys, you guys know who I am do you guys know who I am? And then they're like, yeah. Do you think people around here know who I am? They're like, yeah, of course. I was like, well, people in Sweden know who I am. People in New York know who I am. People in all of Europe know who I am. That's the difference. Do you want to be hood famous or do you want to be world famous? And do you want to make a change in the world? You know, you can break it. You can break that thing. Like whatever it is, you can be the person. Stop, stop making excuses. I don't have this. I don't have that. I told him I started in a garage training in a garage. I, I started training in a garage, Teddy, in a garage where had two houses and uh, there, there was rented. There was a duplex, one house, one house, and the, and the garage is uh, connected. And somehow my coach at the time uh, lived with his mother. He was only like 20, 22, 23. We was all young kids. I was 16. And uh, somehow he talked to the next door neighbors to let us use the whole garage to, to, <laughs> for train. We had one bag standing. We had, we got mats that was donated to us. There was like white, there was like white as can be. And then two weeks later, cause it was like a dirt road to come in the house two weeks, like a week later, it was as brown as it could be the mats. Like, it's like, we had, we started from the bottom, bottom. I don't want to hear no excuses. It's not, I always tell people, it's not where you train, it's how you train. So it's not where you do something, it's how you do it and how you get it done. That's going to get you to the next level in life. Couldn't say it more true. Couldn't say it better. You reminds me a little bit of uh, Manny Pacquiao's background when you're describing the gym. You talk about coming from rough conditions. You look at him now, he's a senator. 
these fights. I mean, he's, you know, like tens of millions every fight because when he fights, you know what you're going to get. Yeah. I was thinking the same thing. It's funny you said that, Ken. He came yeah. from dirt floors. I mean, yep. uh, you know, not <laughs> not tile. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. Did you see the clip, Max, when um, when Conor McGregor was being interviewed in um, Abu Dhabi after your uh, fight, and he said, yeah. and, and in the middle of the interview, he said, "Oh my God, Max Holloway just went by on a skateboard." <laughs> I that did. to me was that was one of the highlights of that whole like Fight uh, Island experience. That, that His was... reaction was so like organic <laughs> and just I can just see you out there eating a cupcake going by on a, on a skateboard. No cupcake. <laughs> he was making weight. No cupcake. Yeah. I think waiting. it was after your fight. Yeah, no, we was waiting. We was waiting to see if just anything happened for the fight. So that's why we stick around. And it was funny because yeah. when we got on the skateboard, we know where the glasses, we know where all the rooms was, where they was doing interviews and stuff. And I was around, <laughs> I was riding around doing the most stupidest stuff, just being in there, like, oh, I'm gonna inter I'm gonna interrupt someone's interview. And then not knowing the guys on is is his corners. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> what a what a win. That was a win. That was funny. That was that great. was excellent. Added to your uh, added to your legend. Who's the better surfer, you or Alessa? Oh, Alessa, I I would never ever tell her this, but Alessa by far, she's she's actually she's a professional surfer. And no, she, I know. Yeah, yeah, she uh, she uh, she whooped my ass every single time we in that water. <laughs> I, I talk it, I talk that talk, but I can't surf it. <laughs> I, talk, I I get in her, I get in her mind and stuff, and just she just show me how it is sometimes. I'm like, damn, but. I don't care, you know. I I I got that mindset of like, okay, you keep doing this, no way. I'm gonna get better. And the day the day I catch you up, you better watch out because I'm not gonna stop talking. I just gonna keep. Being <laughs> Max, who who would you, given your brothers, who would you like to fight next? I mean, for me, I'm thinking about Volkanovski. I thought you won the last fight. I'm you know I'm not here to make a big thing about it, but I. I watched the fight. I thought you won the last fight with him. Is he on your mind, on your calendar, so to speak, that you want to get in there with him? Yeah, you know, yeah, we see what happens. You know, Dana White, after my fight, after after the fight, he did media, and he said what he said, you know. He said what he said, so they know I'm the, I'm the cloud over the Alex and Ortega fight, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm the guy. So at the end of the day, uh, we see what happens. You know, I'm going to wait, let them focus on each other, and then uh, let the rain continue right after that. So I <laughs> yeah, maybe a little thunder, a little lightning, uh, <laughs> a little little static electricity. You know. Yeah. yeah, a little bit. Hey, when you look back at all those opponents that we mentioned earlier, if you had to pick one, who was the toughest? Which one comes to your mind first? Which was the toughest fight in your uh, UFC career? Uh, my UFC career, my toughest fight, I would say I would lean like maybe towards the Aldo's or even or even Cater, you know, like with the experience I had, it's just that guy not going out. I was like, damn, this guy is so like I was I had him I had him hurt a bunch of times. And then and then all of a sudden we're going to the corner. Like I think so after the third, the third or the fourth, I forget what round it was, but we went back and I was like, bro, this guy's not coming back out. There's no way they land this guy walk back out. He's <laughs> around jumping. Like, it's the first round. I was like, holy shit. I was like, look at the, the, <laughs> the freaking bronze on this guy. It's, it's next level. I couldn't wait. So if I, if I would say it would definitely have to be, I think I think I would say Gator. Like, he was, he was tough, man. To do, to take what I did, to put up the numbers I did and 
look, it takes two to tangle, you know. It takes two to be in there. And um, all the records I said, it, I needed him to be in there. You know, I don't think anybody else, what I did, would would be able to do, uh, allow me to do what I did. So I think Kara was one of the toughest fights for sure. You know what? I'm going to run with that. I'm going to go off of that because you just made me think of something. Because when you get in that ring, whether it's the octagon or the ring, whatever, and there's there's a lot of things you have to deal with. And a lot of enemies that can come at you, a lot of ninjas that can come over the wall. One of the ninjas that can come over the wall besides a left hook, besides a right hand, besides a leg, is doubt. And a lot of guys can be in there with a guy who just keeps taking it, keeps taking and they can start to fall apart. Yeah. Even though they're winning the fight. Yeah. They can start yeah. to they can start to fall. I see it happen all the time. I see great guys beating someone for 10 rounds. And just because he couldn't put him on in the 11th round, he gets finished because he's yes. like, up because he's, he's telling himself like, I'm giving, I'm giving this guy everything. I'm giving him everything. And he's not, he's not falling down. He's not going away. And then in their mind, they start getting, start thinking too much. They overthinking and they're getting tired and tired because they're getting mentally exhausted. They start in their mind thinking they're losing, even yeah. though they're winning. Yeah, exactly. Because the guy's still there because the guy still keeps coming. Yeah, no way. I, I, I always told myself, Teddy, I always told myself that I would never. I, I watched it happen multiple times, you know. What I mean, watching boxing and in MMA. Sure. And, and I always told myself I would never let that happen. I'm I'm the guy to be like, if you can take a beating, thank you, because I'm putting up numbers. I'm gonna I'm gonna put I'm gonna be in the record books forever. I I don't know if anybody's ever Beautiful gonna way to put as, it. As, as close as 700, but if it is, I want to hit thousand. You know, so whoever's the toughest guy, let me know. Cause if I can try and get, I can try and beat seven hundred punches, uh, uh, in five rounds. I want to try and go for a thousand, you know. And that's what I always told me. I'm like, guy, I'm not gonna let this guy control. If you can take it, I'm just gonna keep hitting you until you know, until you want to walk that door. If you don't want to walk out of that door, you know, I'll grab your hand. I'll walk you out the door. I'll help you with it. <laughs> if you don't, if you don't want to walk through it, you don't want to grab my hand. You want to be a, a tough guy. Well, guess what? We're gonna see how tough you really are. Yeah, that, that's it. I'm so glad that we were able to touch on that for people out there to get a little bit of a light shined on that. Go ahead, Ken. And Teddy has an example of that with Mike Tyson early in his career. He had an early amateur fight, Teddy. Correct me if I'm wrong, but he was beating up uh, maybe a guy in Pennsylvania, maybe. Yeah, and Scranton, he had the guy Scranton, Pennsylvania, actually. Beating yeah. him up real bad. And, uh, you know, maybe what, however many rounds it was, three round or four round. Or in the last round, Mike was so punched himself up, but was beating the hell out of the guy. And was in the corner, and the guy starts to come back a little, and he's about to go down. And Teddy jumps up on the on the ring and yells at him, "Don't you do it! Don't you do it!" And and Mike didn't go down, and obviously stayed on his feet and won the fight. But afterwards, he said to Teddy, "Like, thank you. I was up, you know, basically saying thanks. I was about to give up. I just I couldn't believe the guy took that beating, and he mentally just punched himself out and was giving up. Is yeah, that, of course. that's pretty accurate, right? Yeah, Teddy? yeah. I mean, it is. And at that point in Tyson's career, of course, he didn't have the experience. You know, we're talking about a 15, 16 year old kid at the time. So he didn't have the experience to know better or to be able to uh to combat it, to deal with the ninjas coming over the wall. He he had a little bit of an excuse in not having been through the fires yet and knowing that. He could depend on himself. See, Max knows. Max knows the difference between the truth and the lie. Yeah. The truth is, it's your choice. It's yeah. your choice how you behave. It's yeah. your choice what you do. The lie is that it becomes the other guy's choice. That's a lie. Yeah. 
<laughs> That's the lie. And he didn't have enough experience to learn that. So it was my job. It was my job at that time to just help get him through it. And then from that point on, obviously he grew. He grew from that experience because now he understood where he must never allow himself to go. And he understood that it was in his control, that it's always in his control, not in the other guy's control. So that's, that's, that's a good thing to bring that up for young people. Hey guys, once again, thanks to Manscaped for sponsoring today's uh, episode. Not only sponsoring this episode, but they also sponsor the UFC and today's guest, Max Holloway. Once again, get 20% off with the promo code ATLAS. Simply go to manscaped.com slash ATLAS. Check out their, also check out their new refined cologne. I actually love this stuff. My wife's a big fan of it too. It's got a beautiful citrus smell with a woodsy finish. Again, get 20% off and free shipping by going to manscaped.com slash ATLAS. The, the other thing I wanted to mention when you said about Cater jumping up and down in between the rounds when you thought he was done... <clears throat> He, uh, he has trained in the past with our friend Mickey Ward in Boston. And uh, Mickey Ward is famous for, I forget who he was fighting, maybe Shane Neary or someone where he got rocked and he came back to the corner and he was on Queer Street. And his trainer, Dickie Eklund, grabbed him and said, Mick, stand up, jump up and down, get your legs back, jump up and down. So in between the corner, he comes back, he's all like wobbly and Dickie Eklund's got him jumping up and down. He comes back out and I think he won that fight. But yeah. um, So it's interesting that you say that Calvin Cater has a lot of um, similar characteristics to uh, Boston's finest, Mickey Ward. Hey, um, talk to me about the camps with no sparring. That to me is 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 incredibly unique. I agree with what you say, but... How is it when you get into the ring and now you're seeing things in full speed? Because it's one thing to hit the pads and, and, and run through drills in practice. But when you're in the ring and everything's happening full speed and punches are coming at you, clearly it doesn't affect you. But I would think for a lot of guys would have a hard time with no sparring to jump right into a big fight. But Max, let me, let me just add one thing. Ken's asking the right question because that was talked about. But was it no sparring or did you do some sparring? Well, it was, uh, I did no sparring for the camp. You know, I might, I might, uh, I just, we didn't have no sparring at all for the whole camp. So I did some sparring wow. outside of camp here and that, here and there. But the thing that people got to understand is what Teddy just said, you know, there's like, there's times and places when you do it, you know, I'm not telling everybody to stop sparring. I'm telling the people to show when I was 16 years old, training in the garage, we sparred every day. I got, I got my time in, you know what I mean? And then I, and then I left that team and I'm with the team that I'm with now. And we was only sparring once a week. And I thought that was the most craziest thing to me. I was like, holy shit. I was like, how is anybody getting better? Like, we're not <laughs> sparring. I thought sparring, you needed sparring. And then I started getting older and wiser. And with time, you start figuring this stuff out, you know? And uh, I, I'm at a point where, uh, in my career, where I, I had that wars in the gym. I had the, I had harder fights in the gym than, than, than regular fights, than fight nights. You know what I mean? And, 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 I, and I was sick and tired of getting hurt two weeks before the fight from a sparring session and I can't use a weapon that I was using because I was using it in a sparring session. I hurt my hand. I hurt my toe. I hurt my shin. I hurt my knee and so on and so on. Or, or I hurt my partner. Like he got a big fight going on and I, ca I catch him with something that he didn't see. And then he's hurt for his fight. Then I feel terrible, you know? So I, I'm not saying don't, don't do it. I'm saying protect it. Be smart. You know, like I know I have that dog already. I had that dog bring out of me so much times in camp that I know I have it. So get to a point where you know you have, you don't want it. Like, 
you like talking about other sports today. You like doing analysts about other sports and, and comparing sports. Look at the NFL. Look at the NFL. And when you play Pop Warner, you're hit every day. When you play high school, you hit every day. You go to the big boy colleges like uh, Michigan, Ohio State and stuff and this and that. All the big boy, the big LSU. I heard they don't hit in practice. Like they kind of slow down. They kind of save it. You know, they, they hit in spring training or whatever. And then when it goes to regular season, they're not hitting anymore. And just same with NFL. You, there's a certain level where you don't have to prove I'm a big tough guy, you know, anymore. You don't have to do it anymore. We're good. And most of us at this UFC level, if you're in the UFC or you're at this pro level, you understand like, shit, I don't have to do this anymore. So why am I getting hit? I don't want to be another. 100%. Yeah. I don't want to be another guy, another, another a part of another um, record or analyst. That's like, okay, this guy got this. You know what I mean? I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be an end. I want to, I want to enjoy my, my, my son. I want to enjoy my son's kids. I want to enjoy my son's kids, kids. If I'm around that long, I want to be able to run around and think straight and not, not have help and, not being able to worry about where my mind is going. So it's just, I, I, I did no sparring because of that. You know, it's, I'm not saying give it up totally. Like all you young cats, you guys got to find out. You guys got there's a point where, you know, like Mike Tyson, he needed help. There's a point where you need to find yourself. Like not that many people know, like I had a, at least a hundred amateur kickboxing fights. There was times when like, I, I had these times. So when I went to, when I went to the professional level, there was no wondering, like, what if, like, I, I got hurt in an amateur fight. I had to fight to an injury. You know, if, if it happened in a pro fight, I don't know how I'd react. But I know how I react in the amateur fight. There was one time I got hurt. I didn't throw nothing. The rest of the the rest of the fight, I ended up losing. I sat down. I reflected on myself. I was, I think I was like 17. It was a title fight. And I was like, what are you doing? Do you really want to do this? Because that's not that's not what you got to do to win fights. It's not what you got to do to be to be the best, Max. I had to talk with myself. And after that, I, I lived, I learned, and I went on. You know, there's there's a lot of things that you need to be done and you need to do it, but there's a time to stop it, you know, like, because you did it, you went through it. So stop it, slow down, and uh, like I said, save your guys' brains, man. Save your chickens, because we, we really only have one, man. And I want to be alone for a long time for my, my, my grandkids, my great-grandkids and all that. You know, I know I'm looking far in the future, but people who always don't look that far, they end up... Uh, end up getting stuck you know when it when it comes to a point you know you need milk when you're young to help form the bones to make the bones cal give them calcium and make them strong but when you get old and your bone bones are formed you don't need so much milk <laughs> you yeah. know yeah. 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 you become yeah. lactose intolerant <laughs> yes <laughs> yes sir and and max you couldn't have explained it better uh for everybody out there because it's about having it's about having the answers to the questions. Yeah. You have the answers already. Yeah. You know that you could depend on yourself. You know what it takes. You know how important the mental part. I, I say it's 75%. I don't know. Maybe in your business it's 80%. But the mental part is so important. Yeah. And part, part of the mental part is knowing what you can do, knowing you could depend on yourself, knowing you're prepared to make the right choices in a very difficult place. And that's what the sparring's for early, like you went through. And what we talked about with Tyson, with, with all fighters, yes, you do need it early. Yes, you need, you need the milk early to make your bones strong for later. But you need it early to learn about yourself. 
to understand what it's about, to know that you can make the right choices. But once you get enough of it to the point where you have those answers, where you understand what it takes, you don't need it as much. Yeah, not at all. Perfect. How's that? I'm going to start telling people about milk. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd like to see you do a milk commercial, you know, because uh, yeah. uh, it would be. Uh, and that little milk mustache, you already know. Yeah, we might perfect. Be thank, thank Teddy for it when I get it, Teddy. <laughs> well, Max, we want to be sensitive to your time. We know you've got a lot of media to do today, so um, we want to welcome you into the fraternity of uh, friends of the fight with Teddy Atlas. We've had a handful of guys on here. We tried to stick with good quality people. We've had a lot of people reach out to be on the show and we try to get the best guys that are in, in and out of the ring. And uh, obviously you fit the bill. It's been a pleasure talking to you. You're welcome anytime. Thanks so much for the time today. Really appreciate you. No, I appreciate you guys, man. Thank you guys so much, Teddy, Ken. Uh, this, is, this is a fun one. I love listening to you guys. I, li I listen to the show here and there whenever I see Teddy and you guys put up the clip. So I got nothing but love for you guys, man. You guys know what you guys are really talking about. And the way you guys, the way, you know, we don't choose random random guys to be on stuff too, you know. I, lo I love honest and truthful and, and real good character people, and that's you too. So thank you guys so much. Thank you, Max. Thank keep, you. keep being the champion you are in and out of the octagon. Thank you. Uh, thank you, brothers. You guys be safe. All right. Thanks, Max. Appreciate you. Uh,